how to make sure your human gets enough vitamin C. Here are the takeaways from today's episode. 1. Getting enough vitamin C is essential, and getting more than the minimum requirement may be healthier, but it isn't magic. 2. Vitamin C is largely non-toxic even at quite high doses, but too much may inhibit oxidative stress too much, and this could prevent adaption to physical exercise. 3. In my opinion, about 200 milligrams of vitamin C a day is a good target to aim for for most people in most situations. 4. To obtain 200 milligrams a day from food, one can eat two portions of high vitamin C foods a day. 5. Vitamin C is being discussed with regards to the coronavirus. It may be good, it may be bad, it really isn't clear at this point. Alright, welcome to today's episode. Today I'll give you my take on the optimal intake of vitamin C for humans and how to incorporate it in the diet. Alright, let's get started. So, first of all, what is vitamin C? Vitamin C is a well-known vitamin famous for curing scurvy, the deficiency disease that sailors used to get when being away from land, and good sources of vitamin C for too long. Vitamin C is ascorbic acid, which is an organic acid that occurs in in, in plants, but also in animals. Some animals can produce it, however humans can't. Um, it is essential to our health though, which we'll get into in a minute, but we can't produce it ourselves, which means we need to obtain it from the diet. Thus, it's a vitamin. So why do we need vitamin C? What are the roles in the body? Well, vitamin C has essential antioxidant effects in the body. Vitamin C is a cofactor for several enzymes involved in the biosynthesis of collagen and carnitin and neurotransmitters. And in all of these functions, the effects of ascorbic acid are based on its ability to be an electron donor. It's an antioxidant. It directly stops the rampaging effects of free radicals, but it also is important for replenishing other antioxidants in the body, for example, vitamin E, which it rejuvenates by donating an electron to a vitamin E that's otherwise spent. This allows vitamin E to be rejuvenated and perform its job as an antioxidant again. Furthermore, vitamin C protects LDL cholesterol from oxidation in the plasma. What happens when we get too little vitamin C? The most extreme case is that we get the disease scurvy where the body is unable to produce sufficient good quality collagen. In that case, tissue like our gums, for instance, begin to degrade. Good vitamin C blood or, or plasma levels near the saturation level are associated with better long-term health outcomes. The degree to which this is a cause and effect relationship is still being discussed. So it could be that vitamin C is simply associated with better health outcomes because people who have a good diet and lifestyle tend to have higher vitamin C intakes. However, there is evidence from human intervention trials supporting the direct effect of vitamin C itself on some of these effects. On blood pressure, for instance, there are trials with 200 to 2,000 milligrams a day indicating that vitamin C supplementation may be able to lower blood pressure. So how much is enough? And what does enough mean? So we need about 10 milligrams a day to prevent scurvy. 
However, that's not considered enough at all. The official recommendations are 75 to 90 milligrams. In the Nordic countries, the recommended intake is 75 milligrams a day, both for men and women. This is based on the fact that in uh, at above 60 milligrams a day, we begin to see urine excretion. That is, if you put more vitamin C into people than 60 milligrams a day, you begin to see that some of it spills over in the urine. Furthermore, at 60 milligrams a day, you reach about 32 micromoles per liter in, in of vitamin C in, in plasma, which has a pretty well-established low mortality. It's possible that more is better, but it's less well-established that going above 32 micromoles per liter reduces mortality further. Allowing a small interval for errors based on inter-individual differences results in the 75 milligrams a day recommendation. The US bases their recommendations off of the same data as the Nordic countries. Uh, the RDA for women is 75 milligrams, whereas the RDA for men is 90 milligrams. This variation in recommendations for the sexes in the US is based off of lower plasma vitamin C levels achieved in men at the same intake as women. And this is thought to at least in part be a result of differences in, in mean body weight. So 75 to 90 milligrams per day. Is there any reason to go higher than that? Well, to reach plasma and tissue or cell saturation, you need about 200 milligrams a day. Maybe 400 milligrams for some people. So what are we talking about when we're talking about saturation? Well, look at the human body as a system. There is a point at which more vitamin C input, that is a higher intake, doesn't result in higher circulating vitamin C levels. That is, the extra vitamin C is disposed of. To reach this plasma and tissue saturation level, most people need about 200 milligrams a day, not 75 or 90 milligrams a day. Now, the difference isn't huge between 75 milligrams and 200 milligrams a day. There's definitely, you get less bang for your buck with uh, every time you put more into the system. But while there's very little difference between putting in 200 milligrams a day and 2,000 milligrams a day in most people, there is still a difference between putting in 75 milligrams and 200 milligrams. Plasma concentrations of ascorbic acid reach the steady state level at concentrations between 60 and 80 micromoles per liter. In the Epic Norfolk study, which was a 10-year prospective cohort study in 20,000 adults, they found that individuals with plasma vitamin C concentrations in the top 25% had a 42% lower risk of stroke compared to the lowest 25%. And here we're comparing above or equal to 66 micromoles per liter to less than 41 micromoles per liter. So reaching roughly the steady state level of 60 to 80 micromoles per liter was associated with a 42% decreased risk of stroke. What is one of the highest risk factors for stroke? High blood pressure, which we saw before supplemented at the same levels that we need to achieve full saturation was able to reduce blood pressure. In my opinion, the Goldilocks zone for vitamin C seems to be about 60 to 80 micromoles per liter ascorbic acid in plasma. 
and having an intake of about 200 milligrams a day seems to be sufficient to reach this level and stay there. So while it's definitely not sure that it's healthier to get 200 milligrams a day than 75 milligrams a day, as long as there's no clear downside, one could argue that it's, it's, it's a good bet to, to take those 200 milligrams. I don't see a good reason for most people to go above 200 milligrams, though. That being said, there isn't, um, there isn't super clear evidence that it's harmful to, to go higher. All right. Other people who may need more vitamin C. Well, we know that smokers are advised to include an extra 30 milligrams of vitamin C in their diet or supplementation. And this is simply based on the fact that there are studies showing that smokers need uh, another 30 milligrams a day to reach the same plasma vitamin C levels as people who don't smoke. Pregnancy might require an extra 10 milligrams of vitamin C a day, and lactation might require an extra 25 milligrams a day, bumping you up to 100 milligrams a day. Now, all of the above would still be covered at 200 milligrams a day. People under extreme physical stress may also have increased needs for vitamin C. We know that both smoking and heart physical activity cause oxidative stress, and that both can increase the need for vitamin C. We know that vitamin C has important antioxidant properties. So one of the things that vitamin C is um, is often mentioned for is the prevention of cold or immunity in general. The doses that have been studied for cold prevention are 200 to 2,000 milligrams a day. If taken continuously, vitamin C supplements have been shown to decrease the incidence of getting cold in individuals under heavy physical stress. So that's heart training, endurance athletes, or soldiers marching for, for long periods of time, for instance. But this has not been shown in the general population. And it doesn't seem to work if you start taking the vitamin C after you've gotten the cold. All right, so the question in everybody's mind. The novel coronavirus. Vitamin C. So... We know that vitamin C can be used to prevent colds. There are people who are in situations, if they're under heavy physical stress, where they're more likely to get colds than, than, than most other people and have an increased need for vitamin C. And in those situations, supplementing extra vitamin C helps prevent the cold or lessen the, uh, the amount of days that one is sick with the cold. And we know that some colds are caused by other coronavirus than the one we're currently having a problem with. However, vitamin C has not been tested against the current novel coronavirus and has not been tested against the original SARS virus, at least not to my knowledge. So we don't know what the effect could be of vitamin C on this current situation. It has been suggested that it may be beneficial. There are also people who believe that it could be detrimental and may exacerbate a potential cytokine storm. We know that vitamin C has um, been found to have different effects on interferon release, that is uh, inflammatory cytokine production. So it could potentially result in, in a cytokine storm that is an immune overreaction. Uh, this has been mentioned by Chris Mastogen. I'm not taking a stand on this. We, we don't know enough at this point, in my opinion. Um, but I would say that until we know more, I personally would skip higher doses 
but I would also make sure that I do get enough vitamin C for general health. That seems to me to be the most prudent approach at this point. So about 200 milligrams if you get it from food, which should be pretty easy for most people. That's probably the better approach. That being said, we also know that vitamin C supplementation works for the all the documented effects of vitamin C. All right, so we talked about what the need for vitamin C is. We've talked about whether or not there could be a, a use for higher vitamin C, maybe 200 milligrams a day, um, maybe slightly more, but how much is too much? In the Nordic countries, we haven't established uh, upper limit. There's no recommended intake that is too much. It is noted in the Nordic nutrition recommendations that some people will get diarrhea or other gastrointestinal disturbances if they get too much. There could also be an increased oxalate formations or kidney stones, but this isn't really known. But there isn't really any evidence that high insects above a, a, a gram a day, for instance, of vitamin C or carcinogenic or teratogenic, or, or that there really is any um, hardcore problems that it's known to cause. In the U.S., they recommend an upper limit of two grams a day, but it's also mentioned that it's this is individual, and it's based off of um, the, the dose at which they expect people to get diarrhea or other gastrointestinal problems. So is there anything else we should look at with regards to getting too much vitamin C and setting a, an upper limit? Well, as I mentioned before, it doesn't seem like going above 200 milligrams really provides any benefit unless you're under severe physical stress, such as you're a hardcore endurance athlete. And on top of that, there's actually been a couple of studies of uh, fairly high doses of vitamin C, about 500 to 1,000 milligrams um, a day, combined with high um, dose of vitamin E, that have shown that these antioxidant supplements inhibit the performance-enhancing effects of exercise, both strength training and cardio. What seems to be happening is that when you're exercising at a, a level that's uh, intense enough, hard enough to push your body to produce physical uh, adaptation, part of what stimulates this adaptive response is an increase in reactive oxygen species, that is um, oxidative stress. And if you quench that immediately by taking high doses of vitamin C and or E, which are both antioxidant compounds, then what we're seeing in these studies is that you seem to recover faster, but you don't get that adaptive response where you get better. Your body doesn't adapt to the the stress it's been put under because you're lessening the stress severely. So depending on the situation, that could be good or bad. If you're just trying to get ready for the next physical burden, then high doses of vitamin C and E might be helpful in this case. If you're trying to train your body and get better, then this is going to be detrimental. I hope I've established that I uh, that it's reasonable to aim for about 200 milligrams a day of vitamin C. Not go too much above, or to you have some leeway above or or below that. But but we don't want to. We probably don't want to hit uh, 500 milligrams a day. We probably don't want to go as low as these recommended 75 milligrams. 
where do we get it in our diet? Well, vitamin C is one of those vitamins that is really easy to get in fairly high amounts in your diet. Simply because it's contained in a lot of pretty delicious foods. The easiest way to get about 200 milligrams of vitamin C a day is simply to eat two portions of high vitamin C foods every day. And I made a short list here of high vitamin C foods where each portion provides 100 milligrams of vitamin C. Where each portion provides roughly 100 milligrams of vitamin C. Now, this is going to vary to some extent from... Uh, each uh, orange doesn't have the same size as every other orange and they don't have the same density of vitamin C either that's going to vary a bit so but but we don't but since we haven't established that you need exactly 200 milligram but just roughly in the space of maybe from 150 to 300 milligrams a day then this doesn't really matter too much so here's the list 175 grams of strawberries 110 grams of kiwi, 50 grams of guava fruit, 100 grams of red bell pepper, 110 grams of raw kale, 180 grams of raw papaya, 200 grams of orange, 120 grams of broccoli. If it's raw, if it's cooked from fresh, then you need 160 grams. To, to get 100 milligrams of vitamin C. If it's cooked from frozen, you need a 250 grams of the broccoli. Otherwise, you can get 100 milligrams of vitamin C from 850 grams of boiled potatoes. That's a potato boiled with the skin intact. So each of those portions would provide 100 milligrams of vitamin C, meaning you would probably need two of those a day. So that's how you get it from diet. But is there a role for supplementation? I think supplementation could make sense in people who have needs that are increased above 200 to 400 milligrams a day. You can easily get 200 milligrams a day from food. You might be able to get 400 milligrams a day consistently also. You can certainly get it some days. But if you need more than that, then maybe there's a good role for supplementation. If for some reason you don't eat fruits or vegetables, I don't know, ethically maybe, then supplementation also works there's nothing wrong with getting the supplementation there's just a lot of other good stuff in fruits and vegetables that you're not getting when you're supplementing if for some other reason you have a hard time consistently getting 200 milligrams from from your diet maybe you have severe um, gastrointestinal problems where you just aren't able to eat that amount of fruit and vegetables it could it could really be anything but anything like that supplementing is, is a really good uh, way to go very briefly if you do choose to supplement I don't think there's a good reason to go with some sort of fancy version of vitamin C there really isn't very much evidence for special forms of vitamin C being more efficacious or, or healthy so I just go with just uh, some plain old uh, ascorbic acid Maybe maybe an acid-buffered version if you feel like that uh, works better for any gastrointestinal symptoms. But boring old ascorbic acid will do the trick. That was it for today, folks. Take care of each other. Isolate yourselves to the degree that that's feasible in your situation. Let's uh, all get through this and get out healthy on the other side. Over and out.